0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new podcast from the 3D footprinting family from 3Digital Cooks, chapter number five. My name is Luis Rodriguez, broadcasting live from Seoul, South Korea, again, uh, touring the world. And joining us, as usual, the 3D printing OG, Jason Musburger. How are you, Jason?
1: I'm great, Luis. Thank you again for the unique introduction. I'm excited about today's podcast. Looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's getting harder to adjust to the time differences. So, but I think we're going to get there at some point.
1: Yeah. A lot Chapter. of late nights and very early mornings.
0: Yeah. Chapter number five. Congratulations. That's something, right?
1: Yeah, we made it. Five is a good number. So let's jump in. Just want to remind everybody that uh, don't forget to reach out to us on Twitter at BobbyQ, myself, or at Three Digital Cooks is Lewis. You can hit us up at the contact page on 3digitalcooks.com, or we've created a special email just for people listening to the podcast. You can email us at podcast at 3digitalcooks.com. Awesome. One thing uh, before we jump into the, the news section, real quick, I just want to uh, reach out to Tom and Tracy from the uh, What the F Pod, their daily 3D printing podcast from Has Design. They gave us a pretty big shout out and focused on our 3D food printers page on 3 cookscom And uh, they basically reviewed all the stuff on there because they had some interest from some of their listeners about 3D food printers and what what's available today, specifically chocolate printing. So big thanks to Tom and Tracy. Uh, it was really, really kind of you. And I listened to it. And it was a lot of fun to, to, give, to hear the feedback on the page. That
0: was definitely
1: cool. I don't know how to. Do the little news jingle thing, but uh, you know, let's jump right in. So, this week we saw something interesting come out from NASA. It was a challenge for kids to design things combining 3D printing and food for space. That's pretty interesting. It's called the Star Trek Replicator Challenge, which we still believe is a little bit of ways away, you know, but secretly we all have it in the back of our heads. It's at the Intrepid Sea and Space Museum in New York. It's uh, running May 1st, and you can check out more of it at futureengineers.org slash Star Trek.
0: Also, a nice roundup up around the news that's happening in 3D footprinting. For the last mm-hmm. weeks, we have been seeing a lot of different news from the message in a cake based extruder. Daniel Wilkins presents his work on creating this really nice cake that once you cut through it, you can see different images. There's a few videos and uh, around the internet where you can actually see how it works. And I think it's really nice to see more people trying their own thing, and especially like new techniques. I like the fact that he prints the butter, and after that, he cooks it. And, and then is when he can cut the cake. I'm actually waiting to taste to taste it so we can touch it better. What do you think, Jason?
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I'm excited about that. We could inside cakes. is very interesting. So another thing we wanted to uh, talk about is Michael Peck, the author of uh, The Future of Food, the book that talks about uh, 3D food printing and really goes into a lot of um, in-depth theories from a lot of experts that Michael wrote. He also has, I think, a couple of other 3D printing books. He's a consultant for Black Dog Consulting. I can't wait to see the results. He's on a panel at South by Southwest. There's a special a special section called South Bites that focuses on food, and it would be amazing to be there. Unfortunately, not this year, but we're looking forward to his feedback with the other panel members on the South Bites panel coming up here soon. And you can check out Michael at Michael L. Petch, P-E-T-C-H, on Twitter.
0: Also, to finish the news section, I want to welcome to Aram to the Three Digital Cooks family. He's going to be helping us to keep pursuing our dreams on three D footprinting design tools. So for the next month we're gonna be having a lot of fun with him. Shout out to out
1: Welcome. Lots of fun coming up.
0: And feedback is something that we have been having lately. Feedback for the podcast. That's great. Thank you, Andy, for, for the greetings that we're going to try to answer. Andy wrote us and asked what is the difference between a three D printer and a three D foot printer? I think that's a really great question and it really depends on the type of machine that you are using. In my case, the main difference is the, the extruder mechanism used. Instead of pushing plastic, uh, it pushes food. But the reality is that what moves the printer, the CNC, the three-axis movement, it's completely the same. They <laughs> probably change the, the, the design and how you prepare the, the the device to handle the food properly, to make it easier to clean, and stuff like that. But at the end, the three-axis movement is completely the same in a 3D printer and a 3D foot printer. Although, obviously, if you want to print food, you need to use different materials.
1: For those of you who don't know, Andy Cohen is who we're referring to. He co-hosts the 3D Printing Today podcast, so go ahead and check him out. We really appreciate him reaching out to us. We know he's been doing a, a podcast for a long time, so... Thanks a lot, Andy, for reaching out, and thanks for your question.
0: So, I think we haven't yet announced the topic of the of this week's podcast.
1: Louis was invited to the NABI Art Center in Seoul, Korea, to do a 3D food printing demo. And we're going to interrogate Louis about how it went, the wins and failures, and let's jump right in, Louis. <laughs>
0: Happy to share the experience. It's always fun to go out and share with people our passion and going through the all. Old- hustles to make the thing work.
1: <laughs> I know. So there's a little surprise. I think we're going to have to hear about it. And if people have been checking you out on Instagram and, uh, and Twitter, I think they might've heard about it. So how did you get invited to this opportunity to demo 3D food printing?
0: So mainly I'm in South Korea, have, uh, spending some time with my wife right now. So I had no intention of doing any, de- any, demo, any demo whatsoever. But one of my friends from Barcelona, who is currently living here, she contacted with me and asked me, or she just wanted to know if it would be possible for me to make a a demo where she works. Uh, She's part of the team at the Art Center Navi. Shout out to Mihong, Mihong Kim. And I was not really, I was kind of hesitating because I know preparing a demo, it takes time and, but it's not just the time. It harder to actually make people understand what the demo can be about because sometimes people have the, uh, the idea that a demo is directly a catering event and it's definitely not unless you prepare properly for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that was like the starting point. But until one day before the event, maybe two, I was not sure or clear that it was uh, going to happen. So everything happened really fast.
1: Yeah, I think that's one fine line that people think when they approach us to do demos um, is the difference between a demo and catering. So maybe we should, that's a future topic we can talk about. We should also write about it. You know, there's probably a lot of people who want to have 3D food printing, you know, catering, but they think it's actually a demo. There's people who want to have a demo, but they think it's catering. And I think we should defi- help define that for people. Yeah. So that's great. Let's let's jump right in. So it was for the NABBY Art Center. And when was yes. this? This was uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, So tell us a little bit about uh, what you did. What was the experience like? Uh, How did you prepare for it?
0: My approach to it was quite like not really worrying about it because for me it was more like having fun with a friend. But soon enough I realized that she was putting a lot of effort because her boss (laughs) was going to be around. So I had to, to actually spend more time trying to explain her properly what is what I could do in such a short time that was probably the most difficult thing. And, and the lesson number one, like be clear about what, what you can be like from, from day one, from the first second, because otherwise if, if both heads are not aligned about what's going to happen, then the energy does not flow properly. And that's, that was my first goal. So I was telling her like with one day, what I can do is just print a few demos and I cannot feed people. So with that in mind, the first, challenge that we had to face was uh, sourcing the ingredients.
1: So where did you get your ingredients from and how did you come up with what ingredients to demo?
0: Yeah, so the first idea, always, uh, people want to, always people want to have like their own recipes. And that's something really cool because each city, each place has their own culture, their own food. So they always want to get the, their own uh, personalized recipe, but that takes time and research, honestly especially if you're not really familiar with the culture locally. And even just having one day, it makes it really hard or impossible. So first I had to, to explain them that. And the second thing is that the recipes that I had, like the Lucky Hummus or the yogurt prints, were easily and were created in the US. So once you try to bring that recipe to another country, you need to find your own <laughs> your own way to source the ingredients. What at some point is not easy at all.
1: So what was the challenge then with the ingredients? Was it different texture? Was it different? I'm sure it was completely different brands. So you had to retest everything. Did you do that on the spot or did you do that while you were preparing?
0: I was playing safe. So the first thing that we, that I, that we decided is like, let, let's just print recipes that we know it works with ingredients in the US and try to find uh, things that match Here, but at the same time, I didn't want to overwork, so I didn't want to do recipes that require a lot of a lot of preparation, because that that makes it more difficult, especially because normally I don't have the tools, and this was the occasion. I have a nice kitchen, but I, for example, I didn't have a proper food processor, so I needed to find like an easy route for easy alternative for each for each ingredient. It was. Actually easy to source most of the things. For example, like the Greek yogurt, I didn't have a lot of uh, hope and I could find like one brand that worked properly. Obviously I tested three different ones just to get one. <laughs> that tends to happen. And also another issue was like the size of the ingredients. Like for the for the the sherry, for the sherry experience I used like slices of cucumber and I couldn't find like proper sized cucumbers. I had to use like kind of a miniature version of it so that that made it harder and and also probably the hardest ingredient to source was the the mint i couldn't find like the mint leaves so i had to use like apple mint leaves which are like way smaller and actually i just couldn't find them in one in one supermarket also it's important to say that i just had one one trip to find the ingredients i didn't have like a week to go all around seoul to find everything i'm sure that with the proper amount of time everything can find can be found but
1: You're telling me there's not a Whole Foods in Korea?
0: Uh, I don't know about Whole Foods. (laughs) I'm sure there's some uh, local organic ingredients, but what I did was go directly to a big
1: big Safeway-like supermarket.
0: supermarket.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah,
0: and and try to get as many things as possible.
1: Okay, good. Well, I'm glad you're able to find at least some things that match up and make it happen. So tell us a little bit about the tools that you used to make this demo happen. What, what type of printer did you have? What type of extruder? Did you use a sieve? Did you have to do, uh, use any, I guess you didn't use a food processor. How did you get your um, materials ready? And how did you print the food, actually?
0: So I was using Pina 3, like with the easiest uh, extruder that I've been using until now. is like a, a cartridge-based syringe extruder.
1: The cartridge extruder on Instructables?
0: Yeah, that that's okay. the one. And the main issue that I had is that after a few hours of testing stuff, we were like hitting all the all the points in the schedule in the agenda in order to make all the recipes happen. One of the mother, one of the motors get got burnt, and that was a really really big really big bummer because I have no idea how to source things here in Seoul. So it's pretty hard for me to find any type of uh, replacement especially within one day, well, within a few hours. So that was a big issue because we already had like two of the recipes ready and we were going to start uh, testing new stuff and, and doing special designs for the for the event. But at that point, I was like, okay, I don't have an extruder and I need to find a solution within, <laughs> within two hours. So that was kind of tough. Also, something that I've learned from the last few demos that I've been involved with is like, The less things you try to do, the the easier it is to get things done properly. So at that point I knew that trying to find an extruder was going to be harder than probably working some weird solution. That was what I ended up doing. So I've been working on a on a new extruder that uses like four different extruders at the same time. So it's a nozzle that gets all the all the different materials at the same time and you print just with one nozzle. So I've never tested before. I have all the parts because I built them during my time during my time at Pier Nine. So, the decision that we took at that time was let's try it. There's nothing to lose, so let's see if we can get it get it to work with one with one nozzle. And eventually, it did. And that was like for me it was great because I got a really great excuse to to start to start playing with it and learning how it works. And we managed to save the demo. Yeah, the funny thing about it is that. Once we replaced the extruder with this new one, with this new hacky version of it, instead of being a simple demo, it kind of turned turned out into a small catering event. Like we didn't have time to make customized designs. So we had two designs that we were changing from, printing the hummus and printing the Greek yogurt. So eventually we did over 25 appetizers, what I, I know is not a lot, but I think for me, it's like the biggest event I ever print for. <laughs> and even without preparing preparing for it. So that was great too.
1: So the event switched from just showing people and teaching them about 3D footprinting and, and displaying the technology to let's eat.
0: Yeah, that was great. Seeing people eat, eating the food, it helped me to realize that that's, what, that's where we need to go because because it's the number one engage, engaging
1: approach for 3D footprinting. And you didn't run any, into any um, immediate legal issues. No lawyers popped up out of thin air and said, "Hey, you can't serve this food here," or something like that, did they? You get you got off clear. I don't know at the time, right? I
0: don't know yet. I don't know yet. yet but I'm yeah, running exactly. away in a couple okay. of weeks,
1: so. <laughs> you better get out of town. Yeah, but I think. Yeah, I think everybody's gonna come out safe. I mean, the legal issues is a whole nother thing. Safety. But I, I know you know about safety, and you know how to prepare these things for people. So I don't think we have anything to worry about, and we don't. And I'm sure the food was great, and I'm sure you did an excellent job. I'm proud of you, Lewis. Do you do you have any pictures or anywhere people can see or hear more? Was there any videos made of your demo that people can check out?
0: Yeah, I have a few. Pic- I have a few pictures that I will share on the blog soon, hopefully, and okay. and they can they can see more about the setup and and me rocking the the pancake the pancake board apron Whatever i go i take the apron Jason.
1: Tell, tell me this while you were doing this and people were approaching you and everything what was their um, ideas about 3d food printing did you have some discussions with people
0: yeah one of the most interesting things is that i got to work with with my friend mihon kim and other and and also two more interns working in, in the company about that time they were super helpful they actually made possible that i could bring so many so many uh, appetizers for the people doing the event and at the same time they were giving me feedback constantly about the ingredients that we were preparing and also giving me ideas for for new recipes based in in, in korean korean food recipes what i think is great is something that definitely i want to try
1: i think that's a cool idea you know um, every time we go to a new place to talk about uh, the technology I think it's something important that we integrate something from the local culture, uh, learn something about the local culture and foods and, uh, you know, have that integrated into our presentations or demo. You know, that's something that it's important to me. I mean, it's easily relatable for people uh, once they see their, you know, schnitzel that is shaped like something else here in Germany or that, you know, has a different flavor than what they expected. You know, something like that. And I think that's a really important factor in 3D food printing. It's, it's possible because of 3D food printing.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the most important things that needs to be in all the demos or work that we do. But at the same time, it's really hard to prepare for it unless you have the time. Sometimes if uh, a demo shows up, unless for me it's really hard to, to get this new recipe going on. But if you have the time to prepare, it's definitely like the number one thing to, to do because it's, it's part of customer. Custom- the customized experience. Yeah.
1: So for an example, what was one thing that they mentioned that would work in Korea to relate to 3D food printing?
0: It was not that much about about textures or, or food that could be printed because sometimes for people it's hard to, to picture that beyond the paste. But it was more about like flavors or ideas that they were sharing with me that then I can incorporate to the different technologies that I have in my head or that for me is easier to understand that I can use for it if that makes
1: sense yeah I think that's definitely something we need to think about in the future and we need to be well prepared for it so for example when we talk to the people from South by Southwest from South by you know they really like the idea of the barbecue and printing burgers I think Austin has a pretty nice uh, uh, barbecue community and uh, it would have been really special to prepare something cool for them with the barbecue anything else you wanted to touch on about the event uh
0: I don't know, like I think if anybody has any questions about just show us a, send us an email and we will answer those questions for me, it was a great experience, really looking forward for having more opportunities like this one so if you are out there and you want' to have a three d printing demo or three d footprinting, catering just just send us an email and we'll and we'll and we'll start from there
1: yeah that's great everything um you know, we do from here on out is about sharing and and teaching and, um, you know, building up the community around digital cooks and 3D food printing. So it's always great. Okay. Well, I think one thing that we learned today is that demo and 3D food printing isn't easy. It takes preparation to make it a super successful. It can be done in a day, but we prefer a couple more days. So anybody looking out to reach out to us to teach about the technology uh, demo or cater, give us a little bit more notice. No fault of uh, of, of uh, Lewis's friend, you know. It's just something that the uh, you know needs to be prepared for. So we want to thank everybody for listening today. Thank you all for for your feedback. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, uh, Has Design. Thank you, Navi Art Center. You can reach out to us on Twitter at Three Digital Cooks or at Boppy Q. Uh, check out the Facebook page for Three Digital Cooks, uh, and don't forget. If you want to reach us for something directly about the podcast or you heard about us from the podcast, send us an email at podcast at 3digitalcooks.com.
0: Yeah, don't hesitate to contact with us. We are open. We love to have feedback. We love to answer your questions. So we are here for that. We want to help everybody to engage this awesome technology and field. So please.
1: And stay tuned um, to the next podcast for another big announcement.
0: Yeah, announcement. We love them.